You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. On this episode of Slash Film Daily, uh, I'm Ryan Scott, and I'm here to talk about the latest movie and TV news, which today is all about a galaxy far, far away and the wealth of Star Wars news that recently dropped. Uh, I am doing this solo today, and thank you guys for joining me. I know I've been on the podcast a lot with Peter. Uh, sometimes with Ben, uh, I'm taking over solo for the first time today. I'm heading up the show. So, you know, thank you guys very much for joining me here. Now, what we are talking about today, we had a big, big, big day of news, a big morning, I should say. Uh, Vanity Fair uh, reporter Anthony Bresnikan had a big overview of the future of Star Wars. And this was not some sort of speculation. This was not some sort of 
you know, unsourced kind of rumory stuff. This was directly from the source. This was directly from Lucasfilm with all of the people involved in all of the upcoming shows and movies sort of providing information and a roadmap for what fans can expect from the franchise in the next few years. This includes Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy, uh, John Favreau, and Dave Filoni, who, of course, head up like the Mandoverse with the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, stuff like that. They also have the upcoming Ahsoka series. Uh, so we learned a lot. We learned an awful lot. Um, now, I guess what we should do is start with what isn't happening? What what should we not expect? Let's take some stuff off the table real quick. Let's set some expectations. And uh, there are some things, you know, we've heard a lot about various Star Wars projects that either have not happened or, or are not going to happen or are kind of caught in limbo. So one of the things that we've heard a lot about more recently is um, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige is going to produce a Star Wars movie that is going to be written by Michael Waldron, who just wrote uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. He also was uh, known for being a writer on Rick and Morty. Well, uh, this piece makes it clear that that movie is, is probably not coming anytime soon. Uh, to that point, Kennedy said in the article, I would love to see what movie he might come up with, he referring to Kevin Feige, but right now, no, there isn't anything specifically. So we know that Waldron is writing the script. We know that this is happening in some way, shape or form. It's just not happening right now. This is probably something that's at least a few years away. Um, so, you know, uh, temper expectations in that department. Now, the other thing we heard about much longer ago was uh, a whole trilogy of Star Wars films from uh, Ryan Johnson, who of course, directed Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, for those who might remember, the, the, the whole thing was, there seemed to be a whole lot of confidence in The Last Jedi right before it came out. And, and Lucasfilm seemed to really love Ryan Johnson. And so they announced a whole new trilogy of movies before The Last Jedi even came out. Well, cut to The Last Jedi comes out, and as we all know, a little bit divisive. Let's not open that can of worms, but it was. There's no two ways about that. The movie performed very well financially, but then Ryan Johnson goes and makes Knives Out. Turns out that's a huge hit. He cuts a gigantic deal with Netflix to make a whole trilogy of Knives Out movies. Point being, he's busy. So, the way it was described in this Vanity Fair article is that uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy has been backburnered for now. Uh, and Kathleen Kennedy's reasoning for that is Ryan has been unbelievably busy with Knives Out and the deal he made with Netflix for multiple movies. That's it. Uh, so the word canceled is nowhere present here. Um, you know, so so this has not been canceled. Uh, you know, but but another thing that's worth mentioning later in the article is, you know, discussing what the future of the movies might be because as we know, Star Wars has largely been focused on TV recently with the success of the Mandalorian. Kennedy says, I hate to use the word trilogies anymore because Star Wars is much more about persistent storytelling. So, you know, maybe they don't want to commit to a full trilogy. Uh, who knows? Uh, whatever the case is, this doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon as Knives Out 2 hasn't even come out yet. And then they got a third Knives Out movie they got to make. So, you know, I, I, I personally reading the tea leaves here, it just seems like Marvel doesn't want, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lucasfilm doesn't want to come out and say, this has been canceled. It's not a good look. 
given how toxic some of the fans were about The Last Jedi, if they go ahead and outright say this trilogy of movies is canceled, it could stir up a whole pot of pot of garbage that nobody really needs. So I feel like they're maybe just going to dance around this for a long time and just never really say it's canceled. And then maybe eventually you get enough distance from it where it doesn't matter, you know, so whatever. Uh, but Hey, let's talk about what is coming our way. Now, one thing, as I mentioned, TV has been a gigantic focus for quite some, quite some time. Now we had, a the last movie we saw was the rise of Skywalker in 2019 that concluded the Skywalker saga. The plan was always to take a break from the movies after that. But, you know, we're now coming up on three years since the Star Wars movie hit the screen. And uh, worth noting, Disney does have a, a date locked down in December of 2023 for a Star Wars movie. And we don't exactly know what that is yet. However, uh, in the Vanity Fair piece, uh, it is it is uh, stated that the the next expected movie is going to be from Taika Waititi, who you might know as the director of Jojo Rabbit and uh, Thor Ragnarok. He's also got um, Thor Love and Thunder coming out this summer. He appears to be one of the busiest guys in Hollywood. Well, he had previously been announced as developing a Star Wars movie that he would co-write with a 1917 screenwriter, Christy Wilson uh, Cairns. So that appears to be the next movie that we can expect. No plot details have been revealed at this time. Very little is available. What we do know is Watiti will be in the director's chair. Uh, this will apparently not be part of a trilogy. It will be sort of a standalone type of thing. Uh, presumably, we don't know. But uh, but yeah, so that's going to be the next one. Now, assuming that Disney wants to stick to that December 2023 date they have locked down, there's a lot that needs to happen. We have heard nothing about casting for this movie. Pre-production would already need to be well underway. The script would probably have to be done, if not close to done. Uh, let's keep in mind, Watiti's still got a deal with Thor Love and Thunder coming out in July. And then he's also got a movie called Next Goal Wins that's been filmed and is yet to be released. We don't know anything about that. So he's still got to deal with the whole press cycle and release around that movie. So to be able to get an entire Star Wars movie done in a year and a half, I don't know how realistic that seems. So something in my gut tells me that that December 2023 date that they've got locked down, that they've been eyeing for a while, that might not actually come to pass. And we might actually have to wait till maybe 2024 for a new Star Wars movie. Worth noting again that Disney does have dates locked down for several Star Wars movies. Uh, so over the next few years and they're sticking to December as opposed to May. Star Wars fans probably know that you know, the original Star Wars A New Hope hit theaters in May of 77. May was the traditional release month for Star Wars movie, Star Wars movies for the original trilogy, for the prequel trilogy. But when The Force Awakens came out, December became the new norm. And the only movie in the Disney era that didn't release in December was Solo, A Star Wars Story. And Again, there were a lot of things to go about here, but given that that is the lowest grossing Star Wars movie ever, uh, you know, maybe Disney wants to avoid summer with Star Wars and, you know, they can just carve out that December corridor, which has been, you know, fruitful for them, to say the least. So that that's expected in a December. I just don't think it'll be December 2023. Now, the other interesting thing is that the next movie that's mentioned is Rogue Squadron 
which was supposed to be the December 2023 movie. That has Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins attached to it. Now, we heard a little while back that Rogue Squadron was kind of getting put on the back burner. Jenkins is busy, probably with Wonder Woman 3. But this is still firmly in development, and Jenkins is still attached to it. Still no word on casting, still no word on story details. We did hear at one point that this will not be based specifically on any of the games or comics or novels. Uh, Rogue Squadron was a gigantic part of the expanded universe. This is uh, one of the, you know, fighter pilot squads within the Rebellion. There are clearly some stories to tell there, and these games and books and comics were very popular. So it makes sense. Uh, It's just that we don't know, you know, it's not going to be right now. Jenkins is busy, but that is still very much some of the reports when, when it sort of got, you know, delayed a little bit or, or, or in limbo with Jenkins and whatnot, it's, it almost seemed like it was going to be canceled. They just didn't want to say it was canceled. This makes it very clear that it's still very much in the cards. So those who are looking forward to rogue squadron, the only thing you have to worry about is just having to wait longer for it. Um, you know, that, that, that's not the worst thing in the world. Now, uh, those are the only two firm movies we have. Uh, again, Kevin Feige's is being developed, but, you know, there's no real map of when that might come. So, uh, you know, a couple of movies, but a lot of shows. A lot of shows. TV is still going to be massively part of this. Uh, the the biggest, the, the one of the things that was very mentioned very briefly, but The Mandalorian Season 3 uh, is expected later in 2022 or early 2023. No release date yet, but so that's still coming. Also have Ahsoka, which is going to come this year as well. Again, not a ton of details about that. Plot details are still being kept under wraps. So, you know, that's filming now, but not much more was said. Now, one thing we did get a lot more details on was the Andor TV series, which is which was announced some time ago. Uh, Andor will focus on Cassian Andor, played by Diego Luna in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. This will be for lack of a better phrase, like a prequel to the prequel. Rogue One was a prequel movie that takes place just before A New Hope. Uh, Diego Luna's character Cassian, as we learned, was pivotal in the rebellion. He he was willing to get his hands dirty. Clearly a bigger story there. So this this show is going to give us the story of the man before, before his untimely death in Rogue One to help get the Death Star plans. Now, what we do know is we have a we have a small release window here, and that the show will arrive later this summer on Disney Plus. But uh, there, there's no specific release date yet. Um, uh, Luna explained in the piece that uh, this will be the journey of a migrant. He also said that feeling of having to move is behind this story, very profoundly and very strong. That shapes you as a person. It defines you in many ways and what you are willing to do. Uh, we also know that uh, Genevieve O'Reilly will be returning as Mon Mothma. Uh, Mon Mothma was the character famously in Return of the Jedi who uh, let us know that many Bothans died to bring us those Death Star plans. Uh, well, O'Reilly played the part uh, uh, briefly in, in Revenge of the Sith before returning in Rogue One. She will also be a big part of this series. However, at this at this period of time, you know, Cassian is not part of the Rebellion yet. So... Uh, what they say is that their stories will run parallel uh, before they eventually, you know, become partners in crime in the rebellion. Um, 
series being showrun and co-written by Tony Gilroy, uh, you know, director of Michael Clayton, writer of a bunch of other things uh, that have done very well over the years. Uh, Gilroy is known for coming in and overseeing the rewrites and reshoots that were done on Rogue One. Uh, he had a huge part in that, uh, kind of taken over for Gareth Edwards. Um, you know, he sort of saved the movie, uh, even though we don't really know t- to what extent he had to sort of bail Edwards out on that one. But it is, I, to me, it's telling that Gareth Edwards has no involvement in this show and Tony Gilroy does. I'll say that much. However, uh, he, he, uh, he also chimed in to give some insight here. Uh, he says that the first season uh, begins with the destruction of uh, Cassian's homeworld. We don't know what that homeworld was, which world it was, why it was destroyed, how it was destroyed, but it's destroyed. Uh, and then we follow him into adulthood. Uh, uh, Tony Gilroy also had this to say. This guy gave his life to the galaxy, right? I mean, he consciously, soberly, without vanity or recognition, sacrificed himself. Who does that? What's that? That's what this first season is about. It's about him being really revolution-averse and cynical and lost and kind of a mess. His adopted home will become the base of our whole first season, and we watch the place become radicalized. Then we see another planet that's completely taken apart in a colonial kind of way. The Empire is expanding rapidly. They're wiping out anybody who's in their way. So, again, we don't know what his adopted home is. What planet is this? Is it a new planet? planet we're familiar with? Again, potential to to explore some new locations here, as well as sort of get to see the Empire at this period of time where, you know, they're coming into their power. This is after, you know, the Emperor firmly takes power and the Empire is sort of building across the galaxy. Um, uh, it's also said that, you know, in the end, it will be Cassian's goal to sort of block the empire from doing this. So it seems that, you know, once it hits close to home again, he sort of, he sort of just can't resist anymore. And he's got to kind of got to get in the fight. And, you know, maybe that's how he ends up as part of the rebellion. Also worth noting that it's been confirmed previously that there is going to be a season two Stellan Skarsgård, who's going to be in the show had mentioned that before. And, uh, Gilroy in his comments mentions the first season. So it seems like this won't be a limited series. Obi-Wan Kenobi is being billed very much as a limited series. This is not. So we may get a couple of seasons of adventures with Cassian here. So, you know, maybe this season is about his journey to becoming part of the rebellion. And then maybe season two can be about, you know, his early adventures with the rebellion K2SO stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, the one thing is that this show is going to very much be in parts of the universe we've explored before, with some characters we've explored before. Another thing that is important is that, you know, they talked about they need to get new characters, new stories, new things like that. So, uh, to that end, another series that has been uh, discussed before is called The Acolyte. This will take place in an entirely new timeline. Uh, I've talked about it a bit on this podcast before, but there's a big publishing initiative going on with Lucasfilm right now called The High Republic. Uh, This all takes place roughly 200 years before the prequels. It's when the Jedi were at the height of their power. It's a big thing. It's very interesting. For those who are curious, uh, the whole thing kicks off with a novel called The Light of the Jedi. I highly recommend it. I've very much been enjoying my time in The High Republic. So what's cool is that The Acolyte, will be taking place during the High Republic, but about 100 years before the prequels. So it's kind of at the end of this of this High Republic era. Um, and we did get a little bit, a little bit more about what the show is going to be. 
Um, the uh, so uh, uh, Leslie Headland, who is heading this up, says uh, a lot of those characters haven't been born yet. We're taking a look at the political and personal and spiritual things that came up in a time period that we don't know much about. My question when watching The Phantom Menace was always like, well, how did things get to that point? How did we get to a point where a Sith Lord can infiltrate the Senate and none of the Jedi pick up on it? Like, what went wrong? What are the scenarios that led us to that moment? So the series previously been described as a mystery thriller, uh, mystery thriller, mystery thriller, apologies, um, Hedlund also added that the story begins in a prosperous and seemingly peaceful era when the galaxy is still sleek and glistening. Uh, that very much speaks to what I've read about the High Republic before. Um, you know, so uh, the other things that were mentioned about this is that, you know, at this period, the Jedi uniforms are gold and white. It's almost like they could never get dirty. They would never be out and about. The idea is that they, they could have these types of uniforms because that's how little little they're getting into skirmishes. Time of peace in the galaxy, relatively speaking. Uh, you know, very different from what we've seen before. So this show seemingly will give us the opportunity to get new characters, new time period, new stuff that we haven't seen in Star Wars before. So those who have been clamoring for that kind of stuff, the Acolyte very well might be, uh, you know, might be the way to do this. Um, the only thing we know so far at casting is that Amanda Star uh, Stenberg, who you might know from The Hate You Give or The Hunger Games, is heading up the show. Uh, she's going to be in the lead role. Again, that's all we know in terms of casting, but there we go. So the Acolyte, uh, again, doesn't have a release date or anything yet, but, um, you know, this is another one of the shows that if you're looking for new stuff, this will be the way to go. Um, <clears throat> now, the last most interesting thing, perhaps most interesting for a lot of people, is another brand new show that we knew nothing about before that comes from none other than John Watts, who directed Spider-Man No Way Home, as well as the other two most recent uh, Spider-Man movies. What is interesting about this is that John Watts had been on deck to direct the Fantastic Four reboot for Marvel, as me and Peter talked about recently. He left that project. Well, turns out he's got a Star Wars show in development. So, per, Van per Vanity Fair, uh, this is a live-action show, and it is currently going under the codename of Grammar Rodeo, which is a nod to an episode of The Simpsons from Season 7, uh, which sees Bart, Milhouse, Nelson, and Martin uh, rent a car using a fake driver's license to go on a road trip. Um, now not a lot is known, but it is said that, uh, this is a galactic version of a, a classic Amblin coming of age adventure film in the eighties. And that, uh, you know, they are casting up for some kids. Uh, the, sh the series was created and will be executive produced by Watts, uh, as well as writer Chris Ford. Um, they're looking for four young leads age 11 to 12. So, the obvious thing here, maybe is this like stranger things, but in the star Wars universe kind of sort of seems like that. Uh, this will be taking place shortly, uh, after the fall of the galactic empire, uh, and the return of the, you know, shortly after return of the Jedi, kind of in a similar timeline that the Mandalorian takes place. We don't know if this is going to kind of cross over with any of those Mandover shows or anything like that, but putting in that timeline kind of sort of seems to imply that might be the case. But this is a big deal because it sort of seems like Watts decided that he would rather do Star Wars than Fantastic Four. Now, given that these are both Disney projects, you know, it's hard to imagine there was any bad blood. It was probably just decided between Watts and the brass at Disney that this was the way to go. Uh, so there we go. That's all the Star Wars stuff that, you know, we know is coming. Some new stuff there, some stuff we knew about with more details. 
Now, a few notes. We have heard reports that Damon Lindelof of the Leftovers fame is working on a Star Wars project. No mention of that in this article. Um, what we do know is Star Wars Celebration is next week. Had to save some announcements for Star Wars Celebration. Maybe we get news about the Lindelof project then. Maybe we learn more about Taika Waititi's movie then. You know, stuff like that. Uh, the other thing is there was no animation announcements, no animated TV, nothing like that. Nothing about the Bad Batch Season 2. So maybe we'll get animation-heavy stuff at Star Wars Celebration. That's something to focus on. My big takeaway is that this is still very heavy on TV. little light on the movies. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how long that sticks. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, lot, lots to sort of focus on here. Lots to process for Star Wars fans. Given how much mystery there was, it was nice to have Lucasfilm actually pull back the curtain. Uh, another thing I must plug real quick is that uh, Attack of the Clones celebrated its 20th anniversary yesterday. And um, for my latest edition of Tales from the Box Office, I wrote all about Attack of the Clones' financial journey. Uh, so you can find that and uh, links to all of the articles that we talked about uh, in the show today on SlashFilm.com. And they will be in the show notes. Um <clears throat> You can find out more about all the stories we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com. Uh, SlashFilm is published daily, uh, and you can subscribe to SlashFilm daily on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, and all the popular podcast apps. Please send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns to us at peter at SlashFilm.com. Please, please leave your name and general geographical location in case we mention your email on the air. Please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends, and spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.